Hi there. The last time we met and were together, I talked about we were going to address the issue of praying in the last days. So those are some things I want to go over today with us. And that is praying in the last days. You know, we've, we've said that some people hear the gospel and they, they just go right to it. They're happy to hear it. They've been waiting to hear it. And they're easy. They're low-lying fruit and they're easy to get saved. But there are those that are tough. They're in bondage. And uh, I think it's in Proverbs 5:22 or so that a man is in bondage by his own sin. And so, um, and I've told you the story in some other podcast about a man named Roger who was 96 years old and just did not want to hear the gospel. And we sought after him in prayer. We went and asked for the strategy of how to set Roger free. The Holy Spirit gave it to us and Roger got set free three weeks later. So, uh, you may have people in your life, it's, they're hardcore, they're just, they just don't want to hear it. And God's looking for a man or a woman, a person, a human being to stand in the gap and build up the hedge so that he would not, they would not die and go to hell. And so um, praying in the last days, so I'm just going to go over the little outline here. For one thing, we want, I, I've kind of put this in, in this form, uh, ready, aim, fire. You know how you have at a rifle range or something. Ready, aim, fire. So to get ready to participate and be a prayer partner with the Holy Ghost and getting people saved and set free. Uh, first of all, you've got to ask your motive. You've got to, you need to examine yourself. Uh, find out. Think about why am I really doing this? I know in my early days when I was praying for someone, I, I think my first thing was, well, that's what as a good Christian, that's what I ought to do. And, uh, and then you think, well, um, I'm going to do it for them. They need to be saved. And then you, you, you move into, I'm going to do it because I want to be a good Christian. I, I, me, me is in there. And then you get to the place finally where you're doing it. it does, because I'll tell you why you have to get to this place. If you, if you don't get to this place, then the devil will see that you won't, you won't fulfill this call. Uh, because he'll have that person that you're trying to pray for and set free turn on you and be vicious sometimes, be mean and ugly. And um, then you won't care if they die and go to hell. He'll take the passion right out of you. And so when we're doing it for the Lord, though, when we're doing it for the Father, when we're doing it for Jesus, because Jesus paid the price to set these people free, then the devil, nothing he does can interfere and distract us. And so... You want to get to that place. You want to you want to process your thoughts of why you're doing this. Why am I doing this? Well, we're going to do it for the, His name's sake. And I remember uh, in the the time that I was um, learning some of this stuff because I was standing in the gap for someone that I cared for. Um, uh, when I was about ready to give up, it's in Numbers chapter fourteen where Moses and the children of Israel. And I believe it's where he sent them into the to spy out the land. And uh, I, I remember about the time I was about ready to give up. It, God took me to that scripture and it says in there that um, God was ready to quit and turn it turn and, and use Moses and start a whole new nation. He was ready to throw all the Israelites away and get Moses and start a whole new nation. And Moses talked him out of it because he said, 
If you do this, then the, the enemies, are, the nations around us have heard of your great power and they will say that you weren't strong enough to, to, take care of, to take care of us. And God used that scripture to tell me, if you stop now, then everybody that you've ever asked prayer for in this particular occasion will think that, it, that I can't do it, that this is too hard for me. And you know, there's nothing impossible with God. And we are his testimony in the earth that he is powerful and that he's strong and that he's here and he's alive. And it's important that we stay faithful in our assignments and bring them into the victory that he's already won. He's already won the victory at the cross. And, but we have to stand in faith and bring it into the manifestation of this earth life. And so um, we do it for his name's sake. And when we get to the place where it's not for my namesake, it's not for the person's namesake, it's for his namesake. We do it for his mercy's sake because it's a manifestation to the, to the uh, world around us that God is merciful, that God is powerful, that God is alive and well on planet Earth. And so um, to get to the place of, of knowing why you're doing this, to purify your motive, and this doesn't just work in praying for somebody. This works in everything. If you want to increase in your finances, why do you want to increase in your finances? Examine your motives. Uh, I have I have a uh, some podcast in mind where we'll talk about hindrances to prosperity and and how to get past them. Um, so we have to get past doing it for them. We have to get past doing it for me, and we have to get into doing it for him because he deserves the glory. He's the only one that deserves the glory. So we get into him because he deserves the glory. And we remember remember uh, when we set the goal here in John eleven four, 4, where Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, the one whom you love is sick. And his first comment was, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that through it, the Son of God will be glorified. So he said, this sickness is not unto, unto meaning it's not subject to. Whatever uh, this thing is that we're praying and believing to set free, it's not subject to the enemy. It's not subject to the devil. It's not, it's not going to be, I say subject to, it's not going to be to his advantage. When you look at that scripture in, in John eleven four, when Jesus said, this sickness is not unto, it's not to the advantage of Satan. And that's a good thing for, for all of us to hold on to. Whenever something comes up where Satan has tried to get in and show off a little bit, just, just declare and decree right up front, this is not to the advantage of the devil. This is going to be into the glory of God. This is going to be for the glory of God. It will not serve the advantage of the devil in Jesus' name. And make your stand, run your flag up the pole and hold your ground. And when you start running out of gas, we'll just get refreshed and renewed. You know, we're called to be fruitful, multiply, replenish. So get replenished in your faith. Get replenished with new scriptures and, and have a sweet time with the Lord for a little bit. and Let him talk to you and then he'll talk you back into strength. Amen. So get past, get past them, get past me, and get into him. That's the first thing that we do. And also, another reason for that, not only John 11, 4, where we set the goal, but in 2 Thessalonians, I have it right here, 2 Thessalonians, it talks about how 
in uh, 1.10 talks about when Jesus comes to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And then it says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. So I like to encourage people when they're dealing with an issue or a hard hard thing to say, you know, God thought enough of you to trust you with this. Uh, my, my mother has, um, my mother who went to be with the Lord at 92, she uh, used to say to my brother, growing old ain't for sissies, Johnny. And I would add to that, growing old and being a Christian ain't for sissies. And so being a Christian ain't for sissies. And when, when we have an, an opportunity to, with an assignment, if you will, to get somebody saved, to take care of a relative, to do whatever it is that God has put in our pathway to do. When, when we, I, I like to encourage people to, to say, God trusted you with this. He, he wouldn't trust this to just anybody. He did it because he knew you were faithful, you would be strong, you would come back to him and get replenished when you needed it. He knew that you knew what to do with it and how to handle it. You would, If you didn't know how to handle it, you would find out how to handle it. And he trusted you as one of his soldiers in, in his work of grace. And so um, in, in, that's why it says here, we pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling, this calling of whatever you're dealing with right now. He's won the victory on the cross. He needs someone to take that victory and stand firm with it, speak it into the earth, and not let go of it until it manifests and is secured in the earth. So that's our job. And uh, he, to worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a prayer in First Thessalonians, uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 1. We pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling, of the calling that you're walking in, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of Jesus may be glorified. Amen. But back up a little bit where it says in verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints, when Jesus is coming, he's coming to be glorified in his saints. And what more glory than to see the hardest heart uh, be turned uh, and and be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. I mean, that's the greatest miracle of all is someone to get born again and spirit-filled from a hard heart. That is a miracle of God. So he's coming to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Now, the word uh, admired is marveled at and wondered. So just think, when Jesus comes to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, he's, when he comes, people are going to be looking at us, marveling and wondering, oh my, you know, not too long ago, well, several years ago, actually, seems like not too long ago, uh, I was, heard a man preach a sermon. I would like to uh, get versed in it myself. And he was talking about the redeemed and how we're a special class, the redeemed. This age that we live in is a special time and it'll never be again. And there are opportunities. There's, uh, 
It's, it's called Kairos and Chronos, chronological time and Kairos time, which is opportunities. And there's this is an opportunity to receive Christ uh, in the name of Jesus, to receive Christ and be born again and get spirit filled and be one of the redeemed. And this man was saying that there will come a time when people will look on and go, oh, that's one of them. That's one of them. That's one of the redeemed. And man, it's a special, it's a special opportunity for you and I in this age that we dwell in, the age of the church, the age of grace. It's a special opportunity. And, and Jesus is coming to be glorified in his saints and be marveled at and admired. That's worth meditating on. We need to meditate on that. And ask the Holy Ghost, show me what that means. What does that mean that he's going to be uh, uh, admired and marveled at in us, in his saints? Because when we, take the, when we take the principles that operate the kingdom, that the kingdom operates by, and we put them to work, they are supernatural. They're supernatural. And so we live in a natural world, and there's natural ways of handling things, but the natural world is cratering, folks. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. It's cratering. And so the natural world is falling apart. And uh, it's, it's the supernatural world is going to swallow it up. And we know how to put that to work. We're learning. We're learning how to put that to work. So he said, I pray always for you that God would count you worthy of this calling. What? Of the calling of being admired and marveled at because you believe in Christ. Don't let the world put us down. We are the redeemed. And sometimes you know, I've had, heard people, been around people and thinking to myself, if you only knew who you were talking to. I mean, stop and think if someone's telling you off or cursing really bad in front of you. And you could say, if you only knew who was listening to you, because Christ in me is the hope of glory. God's inside of me and he's hearing every word you're saying. You think you're just saying it in front of me, but he's hearing it because he's in me. So um, we've got so much to learn, don't you think? We've got so much to learn. So step one is to check our motives. Find out why I'm doing this. and to, Well, actually not find out, but purify why I'm doing this. Purify my reasoning for this. And set that goal that I want to be one that's admired and marveled at in Christ. I want to answer, I want to be the answer to this prayer that we pray always for you. This is first, second Thessalonians chapter one, verses 10 through 12, uh, that our God would count you worthy of his calling. And I might pray that for myself by saying, Lord, I pray, I pray for myself that you would count me worthy of this calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in the work of faith and power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in me and me in him. According to the grace of our God and, and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great prayer. There's so many good prayers in the Bible that we can pray as we're learning to pray in the last days. The most powerful prayer we can pray in the Holy Ghost is the word of God. And praying in tongues and praying the Word of God are two ways that God gives us. Now, in the second part of aim, ready, aim, is um, you collect your information. 
I know the person that I was praying for when I was learning a lot of this is um, I was praying for years and got nowhere and finally just said to the Lord, you know, it's best that we be honest with God, be honest with God because he, he knows. And so don't sit there and act like you're all holy and spirit filled when you really don't mean it because he knows. So I, I just went to him because my prayers for this person started off with just falling in bed at night saying, Lord, if you can do anything, please do it. That was a real prayer of faith and power. And um, eight years later, there had been no changes. In fact, it seemed to be getting worse. And and so I just said, I'm not praying anymore for this person until you tell me exactly what to do. You tell me how to pray or I'm not praying anymore because obviously I'm doing something wrong and I need to know how to pray. Well, it wasn't just a day or two later, and I woke up one morning, and I knew it was a word of knowledge. I had a word of knowledge, and uh, I knew that there were three demons that had this person in bondage. Now, they were in bondage. See, this this is the deal. If, if that person would hear the gospel, and they believed the gospel, they mentally assented to the gospel, but they were addicted to something, and they couldn't get free from it. So they needed deliverance. And so uh, I knew there was three demons that had that person. There was a, a root demon of bitterness. A root of See, bitterness is a root in Hebrews 12. It talks about a, the root of bitterness. It's rooted into people, and it's a poison. And so when you've got that root of bitterness in you and you speak out, it, it carries poisonous words, and people get infected by that. So it was a root of bitterness. It was... Uh, demon of jealousy because bitterness and jealousy are are hangout brothers they same spirits that attract each other and then the the one i was dealing with i thought i was dealing with was alcoholism the the root of bitterness caused the 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 person's stomach to be upset so they'd take a drink to solve to settle their stomach and then they got addicted to alcohol. So we're just dealing with the addiction, the obvious addiction, and not knowing that the root cause was something else. And that's why it's always important to pursue God and um, get to the root, seek God for the root and the stronghold if there's any obstacles. Lord, if there's any obstacles in the way, I just told him, I'm not going to pray anymore till you tell me how to pray. And um, he showed me these three uh, spirits and of course I knew the, I knew to get with like precious faith so I got with some women in my prayer group and I waited a few days I told the Lord I said I'm going to wait a few days and make sure this is all uh, this is all there is in case there's more to it I didn't get any more information that morning when I woke up though after saying I'm not going to pray anymore I knew I didn't have any doubt I knew there were three demons they had this person in bondage. So that's a word of knowledge. And that's uh, so uh, you will learn to function and operate in that. And then um, then you you uh, you ask how and what to ask for. And then you declare and decree. I, I remember once uh, uh, I was asking the Lord to show me how to what to ask for. I said, Teach me how to uh, be more creative in my asking, because I never did ask for a lot in, in my life. My, my sister asked for everything, and she got it. I just didn't have that big of a desire, so I didn't ask for a lot of things. And so uh, I was asking the Lord. I said, 
Lord, I don't ask for enough. I mean, you're wanting to give and bless and, and I don't even ask for enough. And he said, well, maybe it's not always the asking. He said, sometimes you need to declare and tell. To declare, yeah, and decree, I'm sorry. To declare and decree. Sometimes you need to declare and decree. You don't need to ask. So he said, for instance, when it comes to healing, you don't have to ask me for healing. I dealt with that on the cross. When it comes to your provision, you don't need to ask me for these things. You might need to talk to me about it, but you don't need to ask me to do it because I've already committed myself for these things in my name. Uh, I've committed myself to these things. And so um, uh, he said, now, when it comes to, at the time, one of my sons was needing a, a white truck for his business. And he said, now, when it comes to, to his truck, you might want to ask me where it is or where is the best one to buy or things like that. But when it comes to something I've already provided for at the cross, you just need to declare and to tell it, to, to decree it. And so uh, getting to the root of something, you seek God for uh, the root and the stronghold. Is there any obstacle in the way of getting this person in, uh, uh, to be a new creature in Christ and be filled with the Spirit? What are the, any obstacles in the way? And we're told in um, Isaiah 58, verse 6, This is the fast that I've chosen, that you uh, loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens. You know, I want to go read that real quick because that is that is so powerful. Isaiah, I've been wanting to do this for, for a long time and I never get there. Isaiah 58. This is a great, you know, you talk about needs that you may have. The best way to get your needs met is to meet somebody else's. Love doesn't seek its own, you know, and love never fails. So when you get your mindset on seeking the welfare of someone else, then uh, that's how your needs get met. Uh, it says, um, okay, well, the first six verses, the first five verses are talking about how you cry out, why have we fasted and you haven't answered? And why do we fast for strife? And he said, because you fast for strife and debate and smite with the fist of wickedness. And then he says, is, is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul, is it bound? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast? And then in verse 6 of Isaiah 58, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. That would be a good place to take your, your situation. If it's a situation, if it's you're dealing with a particular person, um, that would be a good place to take them and say, Lord, how, help me. How do I um, loose the bands of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free here? Well, of course, we know it's in the name of Jesus by the power of the blood. Remember, the blood was shed for the sins of the whole world. He died for every man, every sin and all the consequences. And he just needs somebody to come up and and. Uh, Take hold of the situation in the name of Jesus and to s declare and decree the blood of the Lamb over this situation and um, cast out the, the devil, bind Satan's work from this situation, rebuke him, plead the blood of the Lamb for the cleansing of the situation and start speaking life for this person. 
and spend time with the Holy Ghost. He loves them more than anybody. And spend time with the Holy Spirit and let him, let him counsel and guide you. And we've run out of time today, but check in next week because we'll be back. So uh, these, these are such important issues that we're talking about. And I don't know, I've just witnessed it. When you see the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man make tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working, and you see the results of that, you, are, you just can't be happier. And there's no drug that could take you to a higher place than that drug does of knowing that you've changed destiny and eternity in someone's life because you trusted God in His Word. Amen. God bless you and blessings on your endeavors. And uh, make comments and let us know how we can help you and be in prayer for you. Just plead the blood and praise the Lord in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, bye.